Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now with your home improvement question. Call us right now with your do-it-yourself dilemma. Pick up the phone before you pick up the paintbrush. We can help you make that job easier to tackle at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Coming up this hour, and speaking of painting projects, we're going to give you some tricks of the trade to make that project go a bit smoother. Like, for example, how do you deal with those nasty nail pops? You know, when I was uh, first in construction, Leslie, I worked as sort of a service manager for mm-hmm. a new new home builder. And I swear, I used to get all these calls from people that had nail pops that, that are absolutely convinced that their that home the was going to collapse. falling down. <laughs> absolutely. It was coming down. Yet these interesting pops that are pushing up the paper of my drywall are yeah. all in a straight line. I suggested they took they take their cordless phone and step outside just in case. <laughs> just to be safe. Seriously, they're not that hard to fix. And if you know how to do it, you can fix them once and they'll never come back again. We'll tell you exactly what to do in just a bit. And also ahead this hour, gutters. Yeah, you're probably thinking right now, I'm pretty sure my house has them. I don't really think about them very much. I certainly never clean them out. (laughs) Well, if you aren't paying attention to them, they can lead to a whole host of problems. We'll tell you what to do about that coming up. And we're going to hear from our friends at the Energy Star program about the challenge they're issuing you this year. You can change the world with small, simple steps towards greening your life. We're going to tell you all about that when we interview the Energy Star program coordinator, Denise Durrett, in just a bit. Plus, this hour, we're giving away a random orbital sander from our friends at RYOBI. It's worth 40 bucks. It's a cool tool to add to your stash, and you will be refinishing projects left and right around your money pit. So call us right now. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Leslie, who's first? Judy in Texas is looking to get adventurous in the kitchen. How can we help you do that? Hi. I have enjoyed eating at restaurants that have the wood-burning uh, ovens. I have a three foot by 65 inch, I think, window, and I was thinking of knocking it out and having somebody put in a, uh, one of those ovens for me, and I didn't know what kind of contractor I would need to, you know, try to find that might be able to do that. Yeah, kind of like the wood pizza ovens, that sort of thing? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Yum. And when you get it installed, give me your address because I certainly enjoy eating wood oven pizza. <laughs> You know, Judy, there's a really good website that sells modular ovens designed for the home. Modular They're wood-burning, really cute, too. Wood-burning ovens. Oh. Yeah, it's called earthstoneovens.com. And they okay. have an oven there that's that could fit in your space. All right. Well, thank you very much. I certainly appreciate your help. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Jim in North Carolina has an air conditioning question. What can we do for you today? Well, hi, folks. I love your show. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Um, I 
have a problem with a musty odor that comes out of my air returns, well, several of my air returns, when the AC first kicks on. And I noticed this last summer and put a vapor barrier down in my crawl space and put a dehumidifier down there. And it may have slightly improved the problem, but I still get that musty smell when it kicks on. First of all, you say it's coming out of your returns. Do you mean your supplies? Well, because you shouldn't have anything coming out of the returns. Things should be going in. Right. Well, uh, okay, I'm sorry. Yes, the vents, the floor vents. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Uh, when the system first kicks on, you're going to have a lot of moisture and humidity and perhaps even some condensation inside the duct system. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, does it you know, dissipate within the first 15 minutes? I would say within the first minute or so. Yeah, that's pretty normal. I think you've got a lot of moisture and humidity inside the ducts, and you're probably uh, just taking that into the air and sort of throwing it back into the house. I don't think that's anything to be concerned about. If you want some general suggestions on how to reduce the amount of humidity in the house, putting the vapor barrier down was a good first step, but there are other things that you can do outside the house. Take a look at the grading, the angle of the soil around the foundation, because if you collect a lot of water around a concrete foundation, it's going to soak through and evaporate into the uh, interior airspace one way or the other. So improve the grading. Take a look at the gutter system. Make sure the downspouts are extended out away from the foundation. Make sure the gutters are clean. Yeah, good point. And take a look at the ventilation inside the house. Make sure that your attic is well ventilated, because you get a certain amount of vapor pressure inside the house where the humidity sort of pushes up through. It'll end up in the attic, and if it can't easily vent out, that will also cause um, an additional humid sort of musty smell inside the main living space. Okay, great. Sound like good suggestions. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Pick up the phone and give us a call with your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, do you have small round bumps appearing in your walls? Well, your house is not falling apart. They're called nail pops, and they can be pretty annoying. We're going to tell you how to make them disappear after this. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888 Money Pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. Who are we? Well, I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, because one caller to the program is going to win the 5-inch random orbit sander from Ryobi. It's one of the quickest ways to remove an old finish. It's got a powerful motor for the tough home improvement refinishing jobs around your house. It's worth 40 bucks, but it could be yours for free. We're going to give a prize to one caller to today's program at 1-888-MONEYPIT, and it could be you. All right, well, maybe the burning question on your mind this moment is, what the heck do I do with all of these random things popping out of the drywall in whatever room in my house, and yet they're all really linear? Maybe they're holding up that drywall. Well, they are called nail pops, and this happens when the lumber dries out and pushes the nails right out of the wall. But don't worry, it's totally harmless. It's just not attractive, and they are really, really easy to fix. There's a couple of ways to do it. The first one, simply drive a new nail right next to the other 
another loose one so that the new head overlaps the old one and it sort of pushes it right back down into the drywall. Another way, which is actually the better way, is to use a drywall screw. This way, there's no way those puppies are backing out of that wall ever. Go ahead and cover up that hole with spackle, repaint, and you have got a brand spanking new room. 888-666-3974. Before you pick up a paintbrush, pick up the phone and call us. Leslie, who's next? Sue in Utah needs some help in the kitchen. What can we do for you? I purchased a home with a travertine floor. The home is 10 years old. Uh, the travertine floor is original. Okay. The grouting is coming out. There are 12 by 12 squares. It's got a very dull look. And it's chipping along the edges because the grouting is coming out. And I'd like to know what to do. Well, this is a situation where you're going to want to remove the rest of the grout as best you can just to sort of give you a nice even surface in the grouted area so that you can go ahead and re-grout the flooring. Because if you try to add, Tom, if she tries to add some new grout on top of the old, will it adhere as well as, as you would like it to? It probably won't stick, and you definitely would have a color issue. Okay. What do I remove all the grout with? Uh, a grout saw. It's a device that can either be attached to a drill that will grind it out, or there's a hand version as well. And once you get it re-grouted, you mentioned that the travertine is rather dull. There's a good website that has a lot of um, products dedicated specifically to taking care of those natural surfaces. It's called Stone Care, stonecare.com, and they have a number of products that can help uh, freshen that surface up and make it look better again. John in New York needs some help winterizing. It seems like a vacation home, right, John? What's going on? Well, don't I wish it was, uh, Leslie, and hi, Tom, as well. Uh, what's going on is my wife and I, are, we have an old farmhouse, and we have hot water baseboard oil-fired heat. But I'm concerned not only about the price of fuel this coming uh, winter, but I'm also concerned about the supply. You're going to start a stockpiling frenzy right now with those words. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> well, I, I apologize to your listeners. <laughs> In any case, we do buy, uh, you know, on a contract for the fuel, but what we want to do is we believe that pellets are going to be more affordable. Okay. We do have three pellet stoves. What I'd like to do is heat the house with the pellets, and we're going to move downstairs, by the way, too. We aren't going to live upstairs, uh, you know, with our bedrooms and so forth. Mm -hmm. In any case, uh, what I want to do is keep the, uh, the hot water baseboard heat available, which is what I'd like to put antifreeze in there, and is it usable if we need the hot water baseboard with the antifreeze in there? Or is that just to winterize it and walk away? Uh, you know, I've never heard of putting antifreeze into an active domestic system like that. Typically, you do that when you're going to winterize a house and you're not going to live there. And in mm -hmm. that case, you blow out, you physically drain all those pipes. So there's no water in there, nothing to worry about. The place that you typically use antifreeze is sometimes in the traps of the uh -huh. sinks and the traps of the toilets to stop them from freezing and breaking those fixtures. Mm -hmm. But uh, in terms of putting it into an active hot water system, mm, no, not such a good idea probably. Yeah, I was concerned about it being heated and cooled uh, repeatedly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like it would work. I mean, look, it works in the car, but I've never really heard of that as a standard practice. Right. Well, thanks for your help, John. Thank you, Leslie. Mm -hmm. You're welcome, John. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Going out to California to chat with Ed about water hammer. What's going on? Uh, we have a problem with the uh, copper pipes. Uh, mm -hmm. We installed copper pipes to replace the galvanized about 40 years ago. No problems until about five years ago. 
now when we flush the toilet or turn off the tap, there's a sound like water hammer. That's probably happening because the brackets have loosened up. You know, water is very heavy as it flies through the pipes on its way to your fixture. And then you turn the faucet off, and that centrifugal force keeps moving forward and shakes the pipes. And the more they shake, the looser they get. And that's what can cause this water hammer and the rattling sound. So a couple of things. First of all, I would examine all of the accessible areas where you can check the brackets that attach the pipes to the framing area. And the second thing you can do is have what's called a water hammer arrester, which is kind of like a shock absorber for your plumbing system installed uh, by a plumber near the fixture. And that will solve this problem and quiet it down. The good news is that water hammer rarely causes any type of a leak. It's more of an annoyance, but that's the way to solve it. Great. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Ed. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, our number one question here at the Money Pit is flooring and adding to that number oneness of the topic. We've got Donna in Tennessee. What can we do for you? What I'm interested in, um, we had a house built, and currently I live in a 30-year-old home, and I want to get the most bang for my buck. So I'm wondering whether I should refloor in carpet or laminate. If that would, with the housing slump the way it is, I want to make sure that, that uh, I'm going to get interested buyers. And what rooms would this be for, the entire first floor? Yes. I'm a ranch on a basement, and the basement is finished, and I have new carpet down there, and I I didn't know whether I should go with the laminate flooring um, or um, re-carpet the top floor. Okay, well, Tom's going to yell at you about the carpet in the basement, but before he does, um, I think for the first floor of the home, I don't know, I feel like carpeting is such a commitment when you go wall-to-wall carpeting. It's it's a very stylistic choice. It's an overwhelming color, even if you go in a neutral tone, whereas if you do a laminate, which could be in the similar price range as a wall-to-wall carpeting, depending on, you know, the type and the quality that you choose, and with laminates, it depends on, you know, a variety of things, the brands, the different levels of finishes on it. But a laminate can look like anything, and you can really get some that duplicate the natural look of wood so well, and that gives the buyer the opportunity to have a truly neutral easy, cleanable surface that they can jazz up with throw rugs, area rugs, and really make it their own. And the reason that carpet's not a good idea in a basement is because the basement is so damp. Carpet essentially becomes mold food. Not only will you get potential mold that will grow there, but it also becomes a place that can harbor all sorts of allergens, dust mites, and different types of fungus. Even even if I have its own return um, for the basement area? Absolutely. Yep. Carpet is just not a good thing for a basement. Okay. A while ago when I got my house, my husband and I moved in, there was carpeting in the basement and it was awesome and cozy and I loved it and we did everything to keep it dry and gutters got overwhelmed, downspouts not functioning, bad storm, basement flooded. That carpet was a disaster and hopefully that never happens to you, but it did happen to us and we put in a laminate floor and I love it. And also there's a lot of folks that, you know, have carpet in their basements and then they have kids that are crawling on the carpet and the kids develop respiratory issues. So it's just not a good idea for a whole bunch of reasons. Stay with a hard surface flooring. Okay. Now, laminate, as far as for basement, if it gets wet, like like for instance, you said um, yours flooded, that damages the laminate? Not at all. No. No. It's made for a moist environment. Okay. And it's easy to clean and it wears like the Dickens, too. Okay. Yeehaw! Going over to Texas to talk with Brian about a fireplace. What's going on? Hey, I've moved into a 25-year-old home, 
And on this fireplace, it, it looks like it's straight out of the Brady Bunch. Okay. Uh, it's, it's got it's got stone from the floor to the ceiling, and the stone's very nice, but it's got this black mortar that uh, makes it just look kind of dated. And so what I'm wondering is, how can I change the color of this mortar, make it something a little bit more friendly? Hmm. Uh, it sounds to me like a job for some very strategic painting. Yeah. Because, you know, getting light mortar to be darker is something that That's can be stained. That's something that can be done. That can be stained. There's mortar stains that will do that. But to try to take a dark mortar and make it light. Would you have to use some sort of heat-resistant paint? Probably not, because there's not that much. The, the outside surface of the fireplaces doesn't get quite that hot. Okay, so I wouldn't have to use a heat-resistant paint necessarily. I don't think I could so. Just paint over the. I think mortar? you could paint over the mortar. Yeah. Oh, well, that'd be great. I, I, I mean, is it is it worth it to saw out the mortar, or does no, that make no, a giant no, no. disaster? No, 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 no. That would be a disastrous job. That would be so much work; it wouldn't be worth it. I would try to paint it. Okay, so I'd just go with like a flat interior paint. Yep, exactly. All right, great. Going to South Dakota to chat with Alicia, whose bathtub is cracking up. What happened? I don't know. We just moved into the house, and we got in the shower in our master bedroom has a crack underneath the shower at. Now, what kind of shower pan is it? Is it a fiberglass or like a plastic pan? A plastic. Okay. Well, there's two ways to fix this. I mean, the right way to do this is to replace the pan. But another way to do it, which will be a lot less expensive but not quite as pretty, is to patch it. And the way you could patch this was, is actually with a fiberglass repair kit. Uh, you can go to an auto parts store, or uh, if you happen to have a boating supply store, you can buy fiberglass and resin at the store, and you apply the resin, then you press the fiberglass into the resin, then you put another layer of and resin. And the fiberglass is like in sheets almost, correct? Yeah, you cut it. It's like material. It's like a netting kind of a mm -hmm. material. And you press it in there in a couple of different layers, and then the top coat, you can use a glaze coat and maybe paint the entire uh, fiberglass pan the same color. Now, you'll still see the patch, but it won't crack anymore and it won't leak. So those are two ways to fix it, Alicia. Is there any sanding that you have to do to the edge of this fiberglass resin compound thing you're doing? You know, if you're pretty good brushing on the fiberglass, you don't have to do much sanding. Okay. You'll need a couple of layers, though. You can't. You don't just do it in one layer. You do it uh, multiple layers, and that's what makes it stick. All right. How many layers should I do? Uh, probably two layers of fiberglass. I would put one uh, one angle and then do the other one sort of 90 degree opposed. And then you'll probably need uh, probably three or four coats of the fiberglass resin. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, a challenge question for you. What changes can you make in your life that will lead to a healthier planet? Well, the folks at Energy Star have the answer. We'll hear from their spokesperson next. The Money Pit is brought to you by Citrus Magic, the all-natural super strong air freshener, available in spray and solid form. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. 
This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And if you're thinking about making your home better by going green and making more energy-efficient decisions, well, you'll be doing what you can at your own home to be more green and less wasteful. But you want to do more, and you want to know how to do more, and we applaud you for that. And what makes sense? What will really make a difference? What fits in your life? Those are questions the folks at Energy Star have a few answers to, and they're issuing Americans a challenge this summer. And here to tell us about that challenge, we've got Denise Durrett from the Energy Star program. Welcome, Denise. Thank you very much. So talk to us about the new program. It's called Change the World, Start with Energy Star. How are we going to change the world, Denise? Absolutely. Well, we're encouraging Americans, as you said, to take more responsibility for their energy use and their energy efficiency in their own homes that um, take small steps that make a big difference in the fight against global warming. And what Energy Star, um, through the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, is offering an extended pledge we have uh, for the past few years issued the Change a Light, Change the World with Energy Star Pledge. And we've expanded that pledge because we heard that Americans want to do more. They've changed those light bulbs to the energy-efficient, compact fluorescent light bulbs, and now they're ready to do more things in their home to save energy, save money, and help protect the environment. Yeah, I love the idea that's a pledge because normally when we pledge, it costs us money, but now we're putting that money back in our own pockets. Well, absolutely, and we're just trying to get people to pledge to do something with the things that they already have, you know, not so much encouraging people to go out and buy something new, but really use what you have more efficiently, and if you are in the market to buy something new and major like an appliance, you know, you want to make sure you get the most energy efficient Mm -hmm. and energy stars. Make better choices. Best way to make that choice. And by the way, we should mention that if you want a few more ideas for your own house, you can go to the Energy Star website and click on the Energy Star video podcast that I was honored to host for our friends at Energy Star. And uh, Denise, you and I were there together. We walked through that house and we, we came up with lots and lots of useful ways for folks to save money. It's very, very simple and it's very effective. and It's very rewarding. Absolutely. And just easy steps to follow. Anyone can do it. And I'm not the uh, handy homeowner, but even I can do some of those projects. So <laughs> so you started easy. You tried to get us just to change a light bulb. And that, that's pretty easy. I mean, that's, <laughs> even it's just one light bulb in your house, not all of them. That's your basic home improvement project right there, change your light bulb. That was realistic. But now you've got confidence in Americans. You think we can do a little bit more. So what other things would you like to see us uh, tackle as the next step? Definitely. We have um, several things that we're challenging people to do through this new pledge. Um, One is looking at your home heating and cooling system and making that work better by doing simple things such as setting your programmable thermostat to save energy while you're asleep or away from home. Um, Or even if you have a manual thermostat, using setbacks or setups in the winter or summer to uh, maximize your energy savings there. And just using your programmable thermostat, for example, in a proper way, you can save about $180 a year on those energy bills. And that's a really cost-effective thing to do. Now, let's say we take the challenge. You actually want people to uh, to log on and uh, and report the challenge? Absolutely. Our website, energystar.gov slash change the world, is where you can come and take um, your pledge to do several things in your home or even just do one. You can change a light. You can, you know, enhance your heating and cooling system, you know, seal and insulate your home if that's something that you need to do. And even small, simple things such as enabling your computer and your monitor to power down when you're not using them 
or just looking for the Energy Star label on products and appliances that you buy for your home, all of these things can add up, and you can come to our site and take a pledge to do so. And if every American household took part in this pledge, we would save more than 110 billion kilowatt hours of electricity, and that's more than $18 billion in annual energy costs and prevent greenhouse gases equivalent to the emissions of more than 18 million cars. Well, it's a fantastic program, and we certainly here at uh, Team Money Pit want to take the pledge with you. Denise Durrett from Energy Star, thanks so much for stopping by the program. Thank you for having me. And go to the Energy Star website at energystar.gov and take that pledge today. It's easy. You can do it. All right. Well, now that Denise is challenging you to save some money, I am challenging you to tackle a very ignored area of your home. We're talking about your gutters, and they are a relatively inexpensive part of your home's exterior when you're thinking about the entire envelope. But if you don't take care of them, they can lead to massive, expensive damages to your home. We're going to give you a quick checklist to properly take care of your gutters after this. You live in a money pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Ream Water Heaters. For dependable, energy-efficient tank and tankless water heaters, you can trust Ream. Learn more at SmarterHotWater.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. Not only are you going to get an answer to your home improvement question, which is really why you're calling in the first place, but bonus to that, you're going to get a chance to win a great prize. And the prize this hour that we're giving away is a random orbital sander from our friends at RYOBI. It's worth 40 bucks. It's got a very powerful motor. It really will tackle some super tough jobs. And it's got a built-in spin control mechanism to prevent that swirling that you might see with some of those other sanders. The number to be in it to win it and get your answer is 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Time to talk about your gutters, something that you don't think a lot about, except when they probably get clogged. You know, if you don't take care of those, there's a lot more that can happen than that water that sort of falls on your head in a heavy rainstorm. First of all, if the gutters are not maintained properly, you can get a flooded basement or a flooded crawl space, or you can have some other problems form with your foundation. Because when you dump a lot of water around the perimeter like that, you really are asking for trouble. So make sure your gutters stay clean and that the downspouts are extended out four to six feet from the foundation. Now, if the gutter system gets loose and tends to pull off of your roof structure, which does happen because those gutter spikes just like to work their way out, you can replace those with long lag bolts that are really designed to fit the same space that that spike fit. They're about a quarter inch wide in diameter and they're about seven inches long. And when you put one of those gutter lag bolts in, the thing will never fall out. Next, check the inside corners of the gutters. If they are not sealed properly, usually you have to take some asphalt roof cement and paint it on there to keep it nice and tight. If you do all that, if you keep them clean, well-maintained and free-flowing, your house will be protected for the long haul. 888-666-3974. Soup to nuts floorboards to shingles from roofs to rugs call us right now with your home improvement question leslie who's next frank in new york needs some help with a flooring problem what's going on at your money pit hi yes i purchased the home and uh recently and the home is over 40 years old 
having uh, 5,100 square feet of carpeting, and I removed and had help removing carpeting up to about 1,000 square feet, uh, which is glued. It's like a black glue onto the flooring, which is Mm. plywood. And one of the problems is that I'm scraping and trying to remove the glue. It's like a black tarish glue mm-hmm. right. onto a foam, and it just sticks to my feet, and everybody oh, walks on it. Oh, like yeah, it's terrible stuff. What are you trying to put on top of that? Well, eventually I may go for a tile, a ceramic tile. I'm not sure as yet, but certainly I'm very disenchanted with carpeting after watching this, and a lot of it was disintegration from just age and a lot of dust. Is the glue lumpy or is it smooth? It's it's flat. Okay, well, what I'm going to suggest then is why don't you go over it, just yeah, get leave, off as much it. as you can, leave the rest and go on top of it. A laminate floor would be a really good solution here because you could lay down a very thin laminate underlayment, which is usually like a very thin foam, and then you put the flooring right on top of that, and the foam will absorb any unevenness because of the glue that was there before. And you'll have a nice clean floor on top of it. Thank you so much. Do you have a, a book? Are you going to publish a book with all your ideas? <laughs> F- on funny your show you should ask. Fantastic. Not only are we going to tell you that we have a book coming out called My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure, but can I think I we can send you one. Oh, you will? Yeah, we'd be happy Thank to. You. And yes, it will be available at Barnes & Noble and lots of other great bookstores. No, because everything you say, you know, like I, I'm I'm conquering one thing, and then maybe a, a week later I'll forget what I heard on your show about a particular <laughs> problem. Keep a pen and paper right by the radio. You know, Frank, houses don't come with owner's manuals, and that's the book we tried to put together. So it's called Thank My Home, so My much. Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. And if you hold on, we'll send you a copy just for asking us about it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Now we're going to talk to Bill in Ohio, who's dealing with a hard water situation. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. Hi, guys. Um, I've been cleaning the aerators, the little filter thing on my faucets in the bathroom and in the uh, shower head. Like every three months, it's a, like a limey buildup. And um, I figured I'd kind of pull like a Tom Sawyer Huck Finn kind of deal and teach the wife how to do it. <laughs> teach the wife how to do it? <laughs> hey, the girls can have a honeydew list, too. Nice. Yeah, needless to say, she lost interest in that. Go figure. (laughs) Yeah, I figured I would uh, fix the source of the problem, which they're telling me is hard water. Mm. Well, look, um, hard water is a very common problem in many parts of the country. It has a lot to do with where you get your water, where your water company gets your water. Um, I presume you have city water? Yes. Yeah, and even if you have city water, it can be just as much of an issue. Now, the typical way to treat hard water is with salt-based systems, but the issue there is that it requires a fair amount of plumbing. It's uh, fairly expensive, and there's an ongoing maintenance issue uh, that has to be taken care of. Another way to do it is with a system called Easy Water, and you can learn about that at their website, easywater.com. What I like about Easy Water, and we used it here at our shore house, is it doesn't require any plumbing connection. Essentially, it uses um, electricity to realign 
is the best way to explain it, the mineral particles as they go through the water, and it creates a, such a situation that they cannot stick to the faucets. So they're not going to stick well, it, to the... It sort of forces like a reverse polarity, if you will. Instead of things sort of becoming magnetized and wanting to stick together, it forces them apart, Yeah, it's, right? like, uh, it's like trying to press the two positive sides of a magnet together, and they just bounce off. And that's kind of what it does to the water. So installing it is, is really pretty easy. You can do it inside of an hour. And uh, I think it's a great system. Very, very inventive. We have spoken to the uh, to the inventor, a guy named Bill Frege, that uh, came up with this idea and was very, very impressed. We hope to have him on the show at some time uh, in the future. But check it out. It's at easywater.com. I think that'll solve your problem very simply and keep you married. <laughs> Thanks. I think I'll have the wife install one. <laughs> Bill is a troublemaker. He is. He is. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit with your home improvement question. Eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four is our telephone number. But if you're too shy to call, you could always head on over to MoneyPit.com and click on Ask Tom and Leslie. That's what one of our audience members did, and he is asking whether flickering lights are a sign of a ghostly presence. Well, probably not, Kevin, but it's more likely the sign of an electrical problem that could be real important you get fixed. We're talking about fire hazards with your electrical system. We'll cover that next. It is brought to you by Bear Premium Plus Ultra Exterior Paint and Primer in One with advanced NanoGuard technology to help you save time and money while preserving your home's exterior finish. For more information, visit Bear.com. That's B-E-H-R.com. Bear products are available exclusively at the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And have high energy costs got you thinking about alternative ways to heat, cool, or light up your home? Well, you can learn all about solar and geothermal energy in the next edition of the Money Pit's free e-newsletter. It comes directly to your inbox every Friday morning, and we absolutely positively will not sell, rent, or otherwise give away your name. It's totally free, it's totally safe, and it's all at moneypit.com. And while you're visiting our very useful website, there is a little icon with some question marks that says, Ask Tom and Leslie. If you click on that and ask us anything that's going on in your home improvement life, you can email us your question, and we're going to jump into our email bag like we do every hour of the show. And I've got one here from Kevin in Quorum, New York, who writes, My upstairs lights sometimes flicker when they're first turned on. My home was built in 1969. The downstairs lights don't flicker, and the flickering stops after a few seconds. Not good. Now, if your home was built, Kevin, in 1969, there's a very good chance that you have aluminum branch circuit wiring that was installed between 1965 and 1972. And what happens is the wiring is very expansive, so it expands and contracts a lot. It builds up sort of an oxidation that causes a heat buildup, and that could lead to a fire. So my first question to you is, do you have aluminum wiring? If you do, it's got to be replaced. If it's not aluminum wiring, then you have have a bad light switch, I would replace both light switches at the top and the bottom of the stairs, and you should be good to go. All right, Kevin, get on it and keep your family safe. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, and if you know a young couple that are soon to be married and wondering what to get them, well, 
the gift registries of yesteryear are really becoming a thing of the past for newlyweds. Leslie has some better suggestions for the home improvement couple in your life in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, and this has been a news story that, you know, all media outlets have been covering all summer long. The trend when it comes to registries are far from the norm these days. And in fact, my sister, who's getting married in September, was trying to get us all to come up with a polite way to ask for cash instead of gifts. Okay. And we kept saying, yeah, you really can't do that. But bride and grooms getting married today, they want more practical gifts that they can really use on a daily basis. Anything from appliances to office supplies to cash for their mortgage payments or down payments to even money for the honeymoon. Plus, with couples getting married later in life, they already have all of the essentials, china, small countertop appliances, you know, in their homes, and they don't really need more of the same. So they'd rather, instead of getting the extras, they want things that they need for entertaining, relaxing, being organized. And the newlyweds and the engaged are among the nation's largest consumers of major appliances, furniture, and consumer electronics, as well as tableware, linens, small appliances, and cookware. And often they're getting these items through the registry, and sometimes they're purchasing them on their own. So if you want to get creative, look at their registries for a tip of what it is that they want, but also think about what they're going to need. Many people are buying fixer-upper homes, especially in this real estate market. Look at home improvement products from tools to even pieces of drywall. Whatever you know the project is that they're working on, a gift card can cover all of that as well to their favorite home center. So think outside of the box and give your friends what they really need. 888-666-3974 is the number that you need to reach us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Coming up on the next edition of The Money Pit, we're going to give you some step-by-step tips that will make it easy to incorporate green living in your lifestyle on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 